All Saints Catholic Church in Dallas, Texas welcomes you to All Saints Coffee Chats. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Thank you for watching. <laughs> welcome, uh, welcome to Coffee Chats, episode 74. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Every week we're like, wow, but it does keep getting this. Time every, every week we add one number. Yeah, that is yeah. how we don't time. Go down? No. Huh. We should do that be, maybe we should <laughs> get to a point what where happens? we start counting backwards, and then that'll be the end of coffee chats. There we go. That's good plan. Sad. Yeah, but now we're so far in that it's gonna take a long it's time to take go a long way back. Yeah. Long time to do that. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no. that's good. <laughs> I don't know if I'm on board with that plan. Yeah. Anyway, today we have Paul and Danielle Bianchi as our special guests. <laughs> that, this is oh, that look at uh, slanted. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's, <laughs> it's okay. We'll work on that. You're taller um, than I am in that picture. <laughs> Perfect. But um, thank you all for, for joining us. Paul, obviously, you didn't have as much of a choice, but thank you, Danielle, for, in particular, for joining us. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, we're, um, we're always excited to have, have you all on here. And um, yeah, so we'll start off kind of our, our usual way with um, any favorite saints, uh, any particular saints at the moment or in general. Uh, that have been sticking out to you, or this um, will start with with you, or whoever wants to go first. But uh, sure, yeah. we talk all the time, so we just want to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone else, someone else a turn. Um, I feel like that's asking someone to pick a favorite child, kind of. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're not who that is. <laughs> um, so I'll do a little bit of cop out answer and name two. Um, I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention Mary on her feast day today. So um, I have always had a special devotion to Mary and um, have absolutely felt her guiding presence throughout um, my life. But um, aside from Mary, of course, um, favorite saint, definitely Saint Zelly Martin, um, which I think most people know her and her husband as being the um, parents of Saint Therese of Lisieux. Um, but I really appreciate the, the example that, that they give of um, raising a family in, in the faith and um, how they did a beautiful job of raising their five daughters um, in the faith, and um, obviously we have, you know, St. Therese is kind of a um, very clear testament to that, um, but we definitely encourage anybody to, to read about Louis and Zelie Martin if you're not familiar with them, and because um, I think they have a lot of uh, letters of theirs that were preserved that really give um, just good insight into just the day-to-day -day realities of what it was like with them trying to raise their children to sainthood. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's, uh, we were, I always heard about Saint Therese, and then it's like there's a whole story behind that. And every yeah you know, behind every saint, there's obviously something that's really cool to, to see that. Yeah, and I think it was a beautiful testament that the that the church you know canonized Luminelli together, and you know um, you know by they are kind of giving the church a model for um, you know what is sainthood. You know, lived in the realities of, of family life. So. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Paul, any particular today? Yeah, I kind of knew that was the direction Danielle was going to go with this, with Louis and Zelly Martin. Yeah. Um, so I actually am going to go with another uh, couple um, of saints, uh, Saint Anne and Joachim, nice. who are the parents of Mary, uh, who are also their feast day is our wedding anniversary. So I thought, if knowing that she was probably going to go the direction of Louis and Zelly, that I should probably go in the direction of Anne and Joachim, nice. who also raised a pretty good child. 
did a pretty good job. Yeah. <laughs> Mary turned out, right. out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and then it t- also ties in that she went with Mary. That one I didn't see coming. So yeah, yeah. impressive. So. <laughs> That's she an average Joe too. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we getting like that before? She married an average <laughs> joke. Yeah, there you go. Oh my gosh. All right. So speaking of that, any story from I'm going to go ahead and hop off that same, or hop on that same train, because um, I'm currently really into this one saint, which I've already mentioned her before, but Saint Gianna is just one of my favorite saints right now, and I'm reading her book, um, or the book of her letters that she exchanged with her husband, Pietro, um, and they're just beautiful. It goes through their, like, dating phase, which is very short. It was, like, a two, two three months dating phase, and then they were engaged and then married, and so it's, like, a very quick, like, yeah. They just knew. <laughs> they just knew. They just knew. But, like, to go through all those letters and to read them um, and to see that, like, yeah, that love and romance is something that saints experienced um in a relationship and then to go on and see that they like gave their lives so much from their love for their children as well it's just really beautiful um especially as like a young woman um who is not married yet but to be able to see that being lived out in like a saint's life um so i've been really just loving saint gianna uh highly recommend reading her book to anyone who is interested I didn't know she had one. Yeah. <laughs> Good well, to know. Her letters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, whatever the combination was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to go with next Thursday. We'll probably talk talk about him again next Thursday. But Blessed Carlo, um, I, I don't know how you say his last name. Acutus. Acutus? Yeah. yeah. Celebrating him next um, Thursday. And honestly, I don't really know a whole lot about his story. I mean, I know like about his, the website that he put together and a few other things, but I haven't really spent a lot of time looking at his life, which I want to, but I saw something about him recently that was like, he's the first um, like blessed person or saint that you're going to see in like jeans and a hoodie and just like that conversation that like holiness is not that far away, you know, because whenever you think of the saints, you think of like hundreds of years ago, <laughs> the kind of society that they were living in. So to see someone who grew up relatively the same way that, like, we did. And, yeah, it was the jeans and the hoodie thing that I was like, wait, I can do that, too. <laughs> That's what I wear every day. Like, <laughs> I think I'm really capable of this. for me with him, what it was is that somebody was asking the question of, is the Pokemon card collection that he had going to be considered relics? And I was like, wow, that, that's it. like my it's, son has Pokemon cards. And I was like, that's like He had a so PlayStation too. So relevant. Yeah, he had a, like a PlayStation. He loved playing PlayStation. It's like, <laughs> I play PlayStation. I was like, I did that once. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, he's so relevant to like, yeah. I mean, like, did, did the games that he played become, do they become relics? Is the like, internet a relic? Yeah, right. So, right. So, are we all using <laughs> like the internet as a relic now? Imagine I mean, a reliquary. There for needs to be some cleaned yeah. up things on the internet. Yeah, maybe not allowed to happen, but yeah. Not the whole internet. So, is his website considered a relic? I don't know if that, it's a virtual. How does that work? Relic. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't well, had to figure this out before. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, right. and we've yeah. talked about this before. Like the patron saint of the internet is someone who lived fifteen hundred years ago, and so. 
clearly he will take on that that mantle yeah. and and kind of carry that title over. But I wonder, like, what does that mean? We've never had to, but that's also <laughs> a reality. That's like this is really cool. Like we're going to have saints in the church that used iPhones that have used MacBooks, like we're doing that have done Facebook live shows, maybe. Um, <laughs> that's what I don't know. Yeah, but, no, no, just, not this one. Um, but with Danielle and Companion. Um, I'm, I'm good with that one. But yeah, like, I mean, it's one of those things that, that, you know, I think is so cool about uh, Blessed Carlo is that it's like, yeah, all of it, like the jeans and the hoodie. And we had John Paul too, who used to talk about like the, the next generation of saints is going to be the people in jeans and sneakers. I mean, he said that at One World Youth Day and it's like, here it is. Like, it's coming to fruition. So, yeah. yeah. So cool. That's awesome. Whenever yeah. I think about, like, Saints of the Modern Time, I think about, like, what are we going to be holding in our saint pictures? Like, for Blessed Carlo, like, was he going to be holding, like, a laptop? And, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you said we're, there's paintings that have been done where it's got, like, a PlayStation in the background mm-hmm. with him and, like, yeah. computer yeah. monitor and, like, a Pokeball mm-hmm. and all this other stuff where it's, like, these are all things that I have in my house right now that it's like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we have one for our, our son that we got that um, it's an artist, um, which is um, Almond Rod Toys, that she did it. And it has a Pokeball on the PlayStation. And um, so we got it for him just so he could be able to see that, you know, connection of just, yep. you know, this is you know someone who is on the path to sainthood and who mm-hmm. was interested in the same things. And um, even though he certainly hasn't been proclaim the patron of the internet yet um i've certainly been sending prayers his way for you know his um intercession you know as um you know we try and kind of navigate that reality with raising kids in the in the church of you know we'll take all the help we can get with yeah. <laughs> to help them um you know ner- learn how to use all these technologies responsibly and so you know i think that's great to have you know him as a model and example in that regard especially yeah that's that's awesome yeah, it reminds me. So, he's not a saint. He's not a blessed. He's not a venerable. But he's a servant of God. Um, he's getting there. I promise. Uh, his, his father Emil Capen. I think I'm saying that right. Um, he was a Wichita priest who um, they finally got his. Um, he, he so he was a he was a Wichita priest and he was a chaplain in Korea. I want to say it's Korea. Um, and he was. Um, he was, I think he's officially been declared a martyr fairly recently, so he'll he'll be a saint pretty soon. Right. Um, but they, during a recent exchange, they finally had, um, they, there was a, 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 a sorry, words, and there's an exchange of, um, of, of the bodies of those who had passed away and had been killed in the Korean War. There was some, something, something that they did, and they found his bones in particular. Oh, wow. And so they had just had his, like, funeral mass in Wichita, and even though he's already a servant of God, um, then they kind of had a whole welcoming home as a soldier and also as a priest and but it, in, in all of that and seeing some of my friends from that from Kansas and sharing things on that it, it's another example of like yeah there's photographs of him like there's people right. alive that knew him probably not as many now but I mean like he he yeah. grew up in Wichita like yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not to just Wichita but no I mean, Wichita. I mean like, yeah right yeah like, I mean we're, right so often when we think of the saints we're all like oh they all died in Europe 100 right, yeah. years ago 500 multiple yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it is, it's cool to see this, like, oh, these are, you know, either contemporaries or relatively neighbors, you right. know, I mean, Wichita's eight hours away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool. And just his, his story is so inspiring. You get a chance to look that up. He was, you know, a, a great 
priest and a great chaplain, and he was in a they're in a prisoner of war camp for the last I don't know how long of his life, but he was very much like uh, uh, Saint Maximilian Kolbe. Yeah. So he was ministering to them up until the very end. Um, it's just a very cool cool story to hear about again recently. Yeah. So. Yeah, going from there, any particular favorite scripture passages standing out today or always or something along those lines? Again, right. like being asked to pick a favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, in terms of all time, I would have to say the road to Emmaus passage from um, Luke 24, uh, the one line in there um, that weren't um, our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on on the way um, has just always stood out to me. Um, you know, I personally have um, you know a deep love for scripture study, and um, I think you know that particular verse kind of gets at the heart of um, the ability to you know meet God in in the scriptures, and you know particularly in praying with the scriptures and um, just kind of unpacking it. Um, but then connected to the the next part of the story where it's you know and then he was made known to us in the breaking of, of the bread i think that's just a beautiful expression of what we experience there in the, in the mass and particularly the connection there with the liturgy of the word and then the liturgy of the eucharist and um you know as as beautiful as scripture is and you know how much it is a place for us to be able to encounter god you know that we as catholics you know believe that there in the Eucharist is, you know, the, the actual, you know, fulfillment of that and, you know, the deepest way that we're able to receive Christ. So um, I love that that passage kind of, you know, en- encompasses all of that um, reality. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Paul, any particular? Yeah, actually, um, we were, so we have a, a book at home of Catholic family, um, what is, what is the Catholic family household blessings, I guess is what it's oh, called. Oh, yeah, the, it's a USCCB book. Um, yeah. Um, household Blessings and Prayers. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah, I have it sitting on my desk. I can <laughs> see the side of it. But um, this, we were looking for um, what blessing is used for the pets, um, knowing that, like, trying to get here on Saturday <laughs> to get Toby blessed and do Fall Festival was going to be too much of a challenge. Um, there's lots of moving pieces, so uh, we were the kids and I were looking for the blessing, and then also we do blessings on birthdays. Um, so we had Noah's recently. We were going to be doing mine, um, but as I was looking through the table of contents, um, one of the things that I've been struggling a lot with lately, and I think I think I've said it on here before, maybe it's in the Sunday Scripture things that I've been going through a period where there's kind of this desolation and darkness and, and kind of despair in some things and I think that's led to a lot of feelings of um, resentment and anger towards a lot of things like I, I just I get mad really quick <laughs> lately and I'm like this makes me so mad and it's like I'm driving out of my driveway and a squirrel runs behind the car and I'm like that squirrel made me stop and so then I hate all squirrels for that entire day um, it's stupid it's absolutely ridiculous but as I'm looking through the table of contents at uh, this, the book for the Catholic blessings, uh, one of the things that's in there is prayers to help people who are dealing with anger. And I was like, maybe I need to spend some time in this. Um, and one of those prayers comes from Psalm 22, which is the prayer that Jesus is saying on the cross. You know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, and one of the passages that's in that is uh, that's in that psalm is verse 19 but you O Lord do not 
be far away, um, my help come quickly to my aid. That the, and to me, as I'm looking at that, I'm just like, I need to calm down and remember that the Lord is in charge of things and there's probably not a really good reason for me to be getting so angry and I should probably spend more time looking to the Lord and be like, I, I need you, I need your help in this and instead of dealing it with myself and wanting all squirrels to die. Um, yeah, squirrels probably appreciate you. The squirrels who are God's no, creation. Yeah. yeah, so it's we good. were, you know what, like this happened last week and I was so mad at squirrels and we're at mass on Sunday at St. Joseph's, we're sitting outside because they've got this outdoor mass, and the entire mass, a squirrel, is in the tree above us eating nuts, <laughs> dropping them down on our heads. I'm not even kidding. I, I didn't think about that until just now. It's because I cursed the squirrels, and God was yeah. like, take this. And so like, we're sitting at mass, and they've got these beautiful planters outside at St. Joseph's, and Noah's sitting there, and he keeps going, why? You keep doing it. I'm like, what is your? What are you doing? Pay attention to the mass, son. I'm not paying attention to the mass. You pay attention. You know, I'm watching my kids color. Um, and Noah's like, there, something keeps hitting me in the head. And sure enough, like right above us in the tree is a squirrel. He's just like eating and dropping them on our heads. He couldn't have possibly actually eaten a single thing because he was dropping all of them on our heads. And I finally looked up and I was like, stop it, squirrel, and right in my eye. It's like I deserve that. Patron saint of squirrels one day. Huh? Patron saint of squirrels. Uh, I don't know who that would be. No, you one day. Oh, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) You and me. Maybe the patron saint of squirrels. 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 My with my attention span, that might be it. Look, your holy card is like you, like yelling at a tree. (laughs) You'd be yelling at a tree. (laughs) acorn falling. That's gonna be the picture. (laughs) Man yells at (laughs) squirrels. Of the old man waving his cane at the kids oh, in his lawn. Like, oh, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> Stained glass window somewhere. <laughs> Stained glass with a bunch of squirrels around me. And you just go, ah! Honestly, I kind of want to make that. Can now. somebody, yeah, somebody like who's an drama. artist, if you can put together a stained glass window of me screaming into the air at a tree full of squirrels, I'll, I'll pay for that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll hang so, it up in here. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, what? Anyway. I'm still trying to picture that. So, so anyways, <laughs> any particular verses from you guys? Uh, okay, so speaking of being angry, I think this plays perfectly into it. Um, so this week in daily mass, we've been reading the book of Jonah, or yeah, the book of Jonah, um, which I just love the book of Jonah. I think it's kind of funny when you read it and you listen to just how Jonah reacts to God. But one of my favorite parts comes at the end and. This plant has grown over Jonah to give him some shade, and he just loves this plant, and he's, like, really enjoying it. And then the next day he wakes up, and this plant has withered, and so he's so angry. And God comes down, and he goes, well, why are you angry about this plant? He goes, it died, and it won't give me any more shade, and I'm so angry. I'm angry enough to die. Like, he's being so dramatic about it. And God is like, okay, well, this is how I feel about Nineveh. This is, like, my, my concern about Nineveh, this is it, and this is why I want the people to live. Is because I also feel that passionately about them. And so he used, like, Jonah's anger to help him to recognize, like, God's own, like, love for Nineveh. Um, so I just, like, think that that is, <laughs> one, a really funny part of just watching Jonah be very dramatic, but then also, like, a very beautiful lesson. Like, God didn't really <laughs> condemn his anger as much as he was just like, let me just redirect you to what is actually true, um, which I really appreciate. 
Awesome. Okay, another holy card of the man yelling at yeah. you. <laughs> Get y'all together on that. Me and Jonah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> also, I think his, his life is just a series of events that you're like, What's going on? Who gets stuck in a whale? What the heck? He literally For multiple <laughs> does that. For multiple days, yeah. For multiple days. That was like the first Bible story that I I remember recognizing as a child because I'm just like, what? who does that? Like, why would they? Does that happen a lot? Does that? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, is that great, something I have to worry about when too. I get older as a Catholic? Like that quicksand. Like way more concerned <laughs> oh, than yeah, ever needed to be. Yeah, quicksand. Terrifies quicksand. Um, but it, yeah, honestly, but it's kind of relatable in that way too, in my own series of events. But that's all I had about Jonah. <laughs> I just think it's some yeah. of his stuff that happens to him is hilarious. And then when something happens in my life that's e- like not equally ridiculous, I've never gotten stuck in a wheel before. But <laughs> it's I mean, just put things in perspective. Nobody knew that about you. Fun fact: when I was five. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to. So the concern was valid. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Um, what about you, though? Yeah, I I was thinking we sort of talked about this last week, or I talked about it with our um, with our Bible studies with the junior high folks, especially, um, and it was how Jesus is always correcting the or like adding things um, very assertively to the teaching that everyone else is throwing at him. Yeah. Um, I, I may have talked about this last week on here, but um, it was just funny to kind of look back through all those moments. Like last week's gospel was one, but then there's a dozen others where he's like, they're like, well, what, what do you think about, about this thing and that we, we were trying to trap you on? He's like, yes, yeah. Moses told you that. But I say this, and they're like, hold on, who who are you right. Authority. adding things to what Moses said? And But they, it always leaves them like totally confused. Like, well, dang it, we can't, he, he was right, but but we, we also can't, like, get mad at him for it. And so it's just one of those, a couple of those moments that I was just looking back through last week in reference to that one. Uh, just, like, Jesus being clever and also, like, intelligent. Yeah. And just all of, the, all of those things at once. Always yeah. fun times. There are so many people who get mad at trees in the Bible. <laughs> like, I'm just not thinking yeah, of, like... Yeah, the big tree. Oh, right. Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Like, Jesus yeah. curses a tree. Uh-huh. And the disciples are like, dang, ones. Jesus, why? <laughs> you know, or, like, the <laughs> Elijah under the tree, and he's, like, oh, so... Yeah. Wasn't it Elijah that's, like, so. so mad under the tree? And I don't Jesus think he's mad like, at the tree, just need a snack. mad near a tree. Yeah. 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 He's, like, take, have yeah, a take snack, a take a nap, move on. And it worked. Man. Maybe it's just trees that are the problem. The Garden of Eden. Yeah. Tree messed everything up. There you go. Maybe that's why. (laughs) Sorry. Moving on. (laughs) Putting this together now, I'm like, okay, at least I'm in good company. (laughs) This is a good recurring theme to be part of. Yeah. I mean, that stained glass window could be a multitude of people. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a whole church. The saints of the... The saints of the... Saints of the angry trees. You'll be... Feel better, All in company. Good company. Yeah. Paul All in good companions, including. No, I'm going to be a companion. Elijah. We haven't <laughs> talked about this. Oh, yeah. Not, Elijah will not be yeah, my companion. I will mean, be Elijah's. I get step yeah. back. <laughs> understand my place in history here. But I want to ask you all about marriage and family life and some things along those lines. Um, one of the questions that we'd want to start with was how did you all meet? What's your story? What's your story? <laughs> Tell us a little about yourself. Maybe I'll maybe I'll start the story and then Paul can. Um, so I'll embellish and exaggerate the storytelling. 
That's what I do. Um, <laughs> we met when we um, were both living and working in the um, Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. So um, I was part of a um, graduate service program through the University of Notre Dame called um, ECHO. And so I was working at a parish in Galveston um, in catechetical ministry. And um, the youth minister that I worked with at that parish, um, she had worked with Paul in a variety of diocesan youth ministry events at that point because um, he was at a parish in Houston at the time and um, I had gone with her to a diocesan youth ministry like, monthly connect uh, event and um, you know she had told me I, I want to introduce you to my friend Paul and so um, I met him at that event do you want to take over from there <laughs> you're doing great <laughs> Um, so, um, and I didn't remember this till, till years later, but, um, it was, it was December 1st actually. And, um, so the theme of that, um, you know, monthly gathering was they had it set up as an Our Lady of Guadalupe theme, you know, kind of leading up to her feast day. And so, um, you know, we started in prayer, but like at the center of this gathering, they had like a prayer table set up with a um, statue there of Our Lady Guadalupe, um, as well as like roses kind of decorating it. Um, and then at the end of the meeting, when um, my my um, coworker Marian formally introduced us, I'll let you take over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like this. Yeah, I mean, you you built up to the moment of where. Yeah, I asked you to marry me. <laughs> he grabbed a rose. Like for the within rose within table. five minutes of meeting you, um, right? And when I tell the story I'm like yeah so you know like in cartoons when you're growing up and you know like I always go back to like Bugs Bunny and Space Jam when Lola Bunny walks in and like his eyes bulge out of his heart his heart's beating out of his chest that was what happened like and don't don't be too embarrassed we've been married for a while Um, I mean she did not say yes then you know just to be clear like yeah I asked her to marry me but I in all of my courage of giving her a rose and asking her to marry me, did not ask for her phone number. Um, so <laughs> this happens, right? So this this whole thing happens, and it, and it is kind of funny because it wasn't until many years later that, um, and, and you know this, I mean, I've talked about it a lot, and uh, Erica, you probably know Krista. Uh, if you don't know, I have a huge like Our Lady of Guadalupe thing. I, I love Our Lady of Guadalupe, and like so much of um, like my faith has grown through the relationship with her and didn't even realize until like many years later that like this was all was around Our Lady of Guadalupe who was right there and it's kind of like I've been here with you all along <laughs> like hello <laughs> oh you're welcome <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah so we meet I ask her to marry me she laughs awkwardly like I'm some sort of psycho um <laughs> Because that is, appropriate. That, that is the appropriate um, reaction. <laughs> and then, like, so the way the way things kind of naturally worked is that there there was a younger crowd of youth ministers, and there was a, a little bit old the old guard, right? Like the experienced, more experienced youth ministers. So all of the young youth ministers go. I don't even remember where they were going out to eat for lunch after this meeting, and all of the older youth ministers are going to a. Bennigan's, right? Yeah, Bennigan's, which doesn't even exist anymore. That face exactly, like, yeah. what's a Bennigan's? Yeah, so, and Danielle was going to Bennigan's, so I was like, I'm going to Bennigan's. So 
we go to Bennigan's, and all of the youth ministers sit together, except for Danielle and I. Like, we got sent to the kids' table, appropriately, um, because we were yeah. kids. I mean, comparatively speaking, we were what? How old are you? <laughs> I'm realizing now that I would have been at Bennigan's and you guys would have been at the other end. There we go. I was yeah, going to say that earlier. I didn't want to. Yeah. 23, 24. I know. I saw the face. Um, yeah, now I'm the old youth minister. But, so we're we're sitting there and, you know, I'm sure I ordered the least healthy thing on the item, which Bennigan's was pretty much all unhealthy. Oh, yes. It did. It's a fried you know. sandwich. It's like a deep fried sandwich. That is. Yeah. That's covered in powdered sugar and jelly. Okay, how could you forget that? <laughs> that's fair. That is, that's so, really so we ate, yeah. we talked, we had this great lunch, we talked together in the parking lot, we went on our separate ways. And I never asked for her phone number. I like a coward. And so I called her boss. It's like, hey, I totally forgot to ask Danielle for her phone number. <laughs> she was like, yeah? Aww. So she did. No, she asked my permission first. Thank did you. she? Okay, that's good. Okay, good. She's like, here you go. Yeah. So I called her. We we had dinner the next night, Outback Steakhouse. It's always kind of my go-to first date because I worked there and I knew the you menu know, well enough that I could help out if there was like, there go. what's good yeah. here? It's like, yeah, actually, I know this one. Went and saw a movie after that. Yeah, we just yeah, we just started hanging out a lot, and then you know, eventually I broke her down. <laughs> she agreed to the initial question about a year and a half later. Eventually, yeah, yeah, just you know, I had to slowly keep dropping hints the whole time. Yes, which I think bringing it full circle that um, when he did propose for real, or I don't know, maybe it was for real the first time. I don't know. When I actually said, works. When yeah. I actually said yes to the proposal. When you said, um, yeah, when I had a ring and was true. ready. Um, yeah. He proposed at the, the grotto at Notre Dame. They have a, a beautiful grotto. It's a replica of the one at Lourdes, and it's my favorite spot in the world. Um, and so that's where he proposed um, there. And so we have this, you know, picture that um, we took the next day of, um, you know, of course a statue there of Mary kind of like you know inset into the grotto and so it's a picture of us you know standing there you know happy and engaged and you know Mary's there in the background and so um to me it's just a, a always kind of a beautiful reminder of you know, kind of just Mary's you know guidance and um you know just that she was you know there from the beginning and um we continue to pray for her intercession for our, for our family that's awesome wow so now y'all have been married for how many years 13. 13? Something along yeah. those lines? Yeah, sorry. Throw that one on the spot. Yeah. But, <laughs> so I have it engraved Check the date on the spot. I'm not looking at anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Was it, I always get confused. Uh, mm-hmm. I really do. On, I know that we got married on July 26th, but what day did we get engaged? Was it July 25th or July 27th? I don't know. I can't ever remember which one it was, choice. but it was the year. Didn't yeah. line it up. Like it was almost. Yeah. A, well, okay, a lot of different things. You have to go the Saturday. Exactly. I had visited her before at Notre Dame. We prayed every single day at the grotto the first time I visited her. The next time I go to visit, I have the ring in my pocket every minute of every day that I'm there with her. But she had so many different things going on because they were leading up to like their finals and the graduation and everything. But I knew I was going to ask her to marry me at the grotto. And it was, every time we went, we lit candles. We lit, 
a, a candle for my intercession, a candle for her intercession, and then we would light one together for both of our intercession. Um, and then when I came back and I had the ring with me, it was always like, hey, can we go pray at the grotto? And she was like, well, I've got to do this. And I'm like, but can we go pray at the grotto? And she's like, i got to do this. And I'm like, should we go pray at the grotto? It's like, a, it was really, like, and totally understandable that it was like, why do you keep asking me? And I'm like, just go pray at the grotto. And we get over there, and every single candle is lit. And I, like, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm going to have to kill somebody's prayer. I'm going to have to blow out one of these candles. Just a... And sure enough, like it worked out perfectly that there was one candle like on the bottom row. So we, I was on my knees anyway. Um, that I, I had asked her, but and we had lit the candle. Like, what, what are we praying for? Like, what are we going to pray for? There's only one candle, so it can't be. You know, so it's our intercession. It was like for the rest of our lives together. And I pulled out the ring, and yeah, it, it was beautiful. And of course. You know, so much of it was like Mary was right there and she was participating in all that. But I never remember the date because then we had the date set for July 19th. Um, and then we were looking for reception venues. And we went to this beautiful place uh, right off of 75 called City Place. And they were like, all we have is the ground floor or the seventh floor. And so we looked at both of those, and they were like, well, also the top floor is available, but not that week. And I said, no. Like, no, we already have our date set. We can't do that. And Danielle was like, well, we can just look. And the second she stepped off the elevator, I was like, no! <laughs> I was like, texting people at St. Joseph's, where I'd worked at the time, where we were getting married. And I'm like, we need to look at the 26th as a date. The second we got off the elevator, and sure enough, so that was when we got married. But yeah. That's lots amazing. of lots of fun stories. Yeah. yeah, thirteen years. That's that's awesome. Yeah. The question I want to ask is maybe you can readjust the words here, but um, I want to say, what's the secret to a marriage that's happy and continuing on for, for thirteen years? I don't know if, there's, if it's a secret or if it's <laughs> like, yeah. Still trying to figure it out. Still, yeah. Yeah. What's the answer? Or if it's something obvious too? But like, what are what are some things that y'all yeah. found to be really important and helpful there? Um. I guess I'll say for me personally, I think um, I've kind of had always this vision in my inner marriage that we, one of the songs at our wedding was the servant song, um, which, you know, kind of paints this beautiful picture of, um, so what does it say, like, we're travelers on the road, pilgrims on the journey, you know, together, you know, helping, helping each other walk the mile, bear the load, and, you know, if you're having a hard time, then, you know, I'll be there with you in that. You know, if you're laughing joyful, you know, that I'll be with you in that as well. And so um, that has been, you know, kind of my vision of marriage and from the very beginning of, you know, how do we support one another through all of the ups and downs of, of family life and um, just really be the, that companion to help each other, you know, on, on the path to heaven, hopefully. That's awesome. Uh, like you're about to add something anywhere. Sure. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like you, you have to marry somebody who is willing to make sacrifices and be very patient. Um, I know that I'm not an easy person to live with, um, but yeah, I, I mean, there you you learn how to communicate with each other. You learn that you know if there's any kind of disagreements or any kind of. Um, arguments or something that might be happening like you, you try to deal with those when they happen you do it I, I, I think in our marriage prep class and I 
I, I, we were talking about this recently, like what was most beneficial and fruitful for me was the proximity uh, thing that Mary and her husband Cecil had talked about, that if you're going to argue, don't argue with each other from across the room where you're yelling at each other. Sit down next to each other, hold each other's hands, talk to each other. Um, and I think that's one of the things that, that we've both learned over time is that the proximity helps us if there's conflict, deal with it right away, try to take care of it, don't stay mad at each other, don't go to bed mad with each other, things like that. Um, we haven't been perfect, but I haven't been perfect, but um, you know, it, it's it's learning that every day and it is that, that understanding of like with the Servant Song of like the sacrificial love that you, you're willing to do what's best for the other person at all times and to support them through everything that they might be going through, so. Yeah, I think the self-sacrifice, sure, you know, obviously starts with, within the marriage, you know, itself, but then, you know, certainly um, it's taken to a whole nother level when you have kids and <laughs> that. And, um, very different. <laughs> I remember that I had um, a professor in college that he was um, a liturgical theologian, and he, um, often when talking about the sacrament of marriage, he, he would say, marriage is a death. And, you know, at the time, I was like horrified. <laughs> this does your, sounds like the worst thing ever. Does your yeah. wife know you? You know, then he went on to explain about, you know, how all sacraments are participation in, in the Paschal mystery, you know, um, death and rising and, um, you know, now actually being within marriage. It was, it's, you know, it's absolutely true. It, it's, you know, these continual opportunities to um, die to self and, you know, to um, sacrifice for the good of either your spouse or certainly for your children. And, you know, it's, you know, through that daily sacrifice that, you know, you ultimately then, you know, become closer to each other and closer to Christ. So, um, you know, that's something that, I think has always stuck with me, you know, in a way that I didn't initially expect. But. Yeah, I remember talking to my dad actually at one point, and I, I had just asked a question about he and my mom, and I was like, why, why is there such a willingness to give up all of these things that I know that you love with X, Y, Z? And he said, because I love your mom more than all of these things, and so I want to give her those things. And for me, that that always stuck out in terms of for her it, you know it, there's very few times that I think in our marriage that we've ever said no to each other about something that we want or that is for the good of um, us individually like if I think something is what is best for me there's I don't think there's ever been a time when she said no to that and vice versa um, so it's always like we talk about all the time love is willing the good of the other person for the sake of the other person so we you do have to die to yourself sometimes and give things up that you may not even think are things that are important to you or that um, are sacrifices. But then when they when you realize that they are, it's like this: the sacrifice that I'm making is for something that is much greater than whatever it was that I'm sacrificing. Um, and then, right when you have kids, it's a totally different ball game. Um, it, it really, uh, I, I will I will say. I don't know that you can experience a love as great as parenthood um, and also like I don't know how to explain like the amount of joy that children bring you but also the very much understanding of like it's a it's a hardship it's not easy um, but it is like the, the greatest thing that I think could ever happen to somebody um, is the opportunity to to be a parent um, 
there are a lot of sacrifices that go into it, and it's difficult. But um, we were laughing yesterday. Noah was at Bible study. The girls were in choir, so we had a chance to go down to the chapel. And we're walking out of the chapel, and our business manager Phil sees us, and he's like, "Where, where is everybody?" And we're like, "We get forty-five minutes a week now. Forty-five minutes a week where we're alone." And I was like. And thinking about it, I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's the absolute reality. It's like we're, we're never not with them, doing something with them or for them. But yeah, it's like the greatest joy and also the largest sacrifice. And I think like, it, it, that sounds familiar to us in this room, but I think it's worth mentioning. Like, the idea that the way you love is sacrifice. Like, that, that's something that is either said or it's at least a temptation for most people and like what you imagine love is actually yeah. going to be um, it's something you know it's you're, you're doing what's best for yourself so, you know you're trying to find the happiest situation and, and maybe that's the end the end point but the idea is like yeah no, there's the the content of it is is sacrifice it's there's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends and yeah. i think it's it's really cool to hear that from y'all's perspective uh, particularly within a within a family as as spouses and parents i think that's really cool yeah. So you have four kids. I know this, but I'm just for the for the people. <laughs> I know some of them. Um, Everybody keeping score at home. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I should put the Italian one. Um, but the, <laughs> not really. But um, the so how have y'all been able to um, keep? Have y'all been able to keep faith as a priority in the home? Well, now that there's you know six people and a dog running around. There's you know there's choir and there's youth ministry and there's jobs and jobs and other jobs. And you know, how is it that you've been able to make these things um, happen while keeping faith at the center of your of your house or of your family? We've given up on the dog. Okay. Completely. <laughs> like, he doesn't have a rational soul, so we're never yeah. going to try anymore. Um, how, much, how much time sorry. do you have? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite dog. Class, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a great dog. Um. I would say I think um, our, our approach to it ha- has always been not that it's kind of, you know, one more thing there in the mix with choir and soccer, and, you know, and all that stuff, but rather it is essentially the foundation of everything else, you know, that, um, you know, it's our hope that, uh, you know, our kids are able to see that, you know, our relationship with God and, and our participation in, in the life of the parish, you know, is the foundation of everything else that we do and that, it, you know, and therefore it's not kind of like a, a question, you know, of, you know, is this something that we make time for or fit in or, you know, continue with, but it, it just is kind of like woven throughout everything that we do. Um, you know, that, that's our hope, you know, because, um, you know, Paul and I, you know, have very different, you know, uh, stories in terms of you know our personal faith journey um but when it comes down to it you know when we were at the point where we were ready to enter into marriage and then you know eventually have kids um you know i think i can speak for both of us and say that you know our relationships with god you know was the most important thing in our lives and continues to be and um and so it's just kind of we see it as a natural extension of that that you know of course that is our ultimate hope that um we can invite our children into that as well and so i think a lot of it comes down to um, kind of modeling for them what a lived adult faith looks like. Um, you know, certainly uh, 
we try and you know engage children you know at the level that, that they're at you know in their faith development and relationship with Christ um, but I think you know kind of my understanding on, on catechesis specifically when lived in within the home is kind of um, you know it, it's our job to kind of walk with them you know in their spiritual journey with the end goal being that they would have a lived adult faith, you know, when once they're um, at that stage. Because if you think about, like, that's where we spend the majority of our lives, right, in that category of, like, an adult <laughs> in the church, you know. Um, it's been, you know, three years like, with you in middle school, you know, four years right. in high school, you know, all of that, you know. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the way that I think I've always seen it is like, how do we set them up, you know, to ultimately then be able to, you know, have this living ongoing relationship with Christ, you know, as, as adults. So, um, practically speaking, um, you know, we try and fill our home with, you know, examples of sacred heart, you know, and certainly, um, uh, sacred art, any of them of the sacred heart. Um, the sacred heart. yes. yes. Uh, sacred art, but at sacred heart so. of the sacred heart. <laughs> Which makes it sacred art. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just follow that path. Um, you know, as well as, you know, we have small library or large lab- library of, yeah, <laughs> of catechetical resources for the kids. You know, just so books. it's just it's something that's just always, you know, available, you know, to them, just, you know, natural parts of our, our lives that, you know, that they have like, you know, faith based toys, you know, you mm-hmm. know, as well as books. It's just that um it's something that um, you know, really just kind of immersing them, you know, in Catholic culture and staying connected here to the life of the parish, um, you know, and just having conversations with them about the faith, you know, just having that be just like a natural part of our, our family culture. Um, like I mentioned before that, you know, I have a deep love of scripture study and, you know, Paul certainly does as well. Um, and I think that's always big, been a big emphasis for us is how do we really teach our children how to read scripture and interpret it you know kind of understanding the historical context behind it and and ultimately pray with it because i think you know for us that has been such a big part of our own spiritual journeys is, is having scripture as that way to connect to god to encounter god to pray with god and so you know that is one of the i guess skills that we hope to kind of set them up with that that is you know part of a lifelong relationship with christ is to to be able to to know how to unpack it and pray with scripture so um you know i i think some of the most kind of pivotal moments that we've had you know in um connecting with our kids on a faith level has been kind of talking through the Sunday mass readings together, you know, and they're, they, they're able to ask questions or, you know, mm-hmm. share things of, you know, well, this is what my teacher at school told us about this passage or, um, you know, more recently, you know, Noah has been sharing, like, this is what we talked about um, at Bible study and, you know, so sharing Andrew's wisdom <laughs> with our family as well. And so, um, don't mess up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll try. laughs> no pressure. Um, so, yeah, so that for me is kind of, you know, um, what I think of is like, you know, the domestic church is us there, you know, very much in the process together of, of growing in the faith. You know, mm-hmm. they, they teach us so much <laughs> about the faith, that, you know, as well. Yeah, that's what I, I was actually going to say is like, we, we probably did a really, okay. I think we've done a really good job of giving them some foundational pieces. Like some of the things that you would think of are some of the more common, easy things from me. You know, the, the probably a little bit more deeper, more complex, more um, Catholic school upbringing type of prayers they get with Danielle. 
Um, like we, we, we did a really good job of doing the rosary with them. Um, and I know the Hail Mary and I know the Our Father, but they had to teach me the, um, what is the, 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 the Hail Holy Queen. Like that was not a prayer I was familiar with. That wasn't something that when I went through RCAA, we talked a lot about. Um, Gianna comes home and I think I brought this up a couple, like either last week or two weeks ago. Um, it was last week, we were talking about the Feast of the Guardian Angels. And she's waking up every day and she's reading through this prayer packet. And honestly, yesterday when I was at the school, I was like, I need to go down and talk to her teacher and steal one of those packets so that I can learn these prayers. Because she's got prayers now that she's doing that's like an after meal blessing. And so she's gone beyond where I'm at with those forms of prayers. Because she's like, Dad, I know this one. And she's saying it. And I'm like, I've never heard that before. You know, so uh, it was easy when it was like, I'm doing the the Our Father and the Hail Mary and the Glory Be and the Before Meal Blessing, but now she's gotten past where I'm at, and I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're in trouble. And you know, and then she's like, of course you know this, you work for the church, and I'm like, yeah, I was like, I've spent so much time like trying to get kids to do spontaneous prayer that I don't even know the traditional ones. I was like, I'm in trouble. Um, but really, I mean, the biggest thing I think is modeling the faith to them. Um, kids. Kids are exactly what you think they are. You know, we talk all the time about like, kids are sponges. Absolutely. And so if you're doing prayer, they're going to do prayer. Um, and so they hold you accountable. Like today, we're in the car on our way to the school. And one of the, I think it was Zali that was like, we forgot to do morning prayer. And I'm like, thank you. We'll do it now. And so we did. And, and so for them, it, it's routine, right? It does become routine. Um, that you do morning prayer, we do evening prayer. Um, they do the meal blessing because meals in our house are chaotic anyway. Um, in stages of like who's getting food when and what they're eating and they're picky sometimes. Um, but they all do the meal blessing on their own, like the, sometimes as a family, sometimes as soon as they get their plate. Um, and really it's just what you model for them. I mean, our, the kids love board games. Um, so we found like a game called, uh, what is it, Spot It? This is, so you have to identify what two things match on each other's cards. But then we found a Catholic version of it. So they learn different things like Epiclesis hands and like the bishop's, mitre. The bishop's yeah. mitre. And, you know, the, yeah, they, they know what a ciborium is and they know what a chalice is and they know all these things. Like even the five-year-old because of this game. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was like, but it came with instructions for all of us that like we had to look through and they had to learn. Um, you know, they, they like puzzles. So we have puzzles of like saints that we've never even heard of that we had to go back and be like, okay, this is who, you know, saint whoever it was. I, I think I talked about one of them one time on Coffee Jabs and all of us were like, that is not a real person. And I was like, no, 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 it's on the puzzle. You know? Um, we get them the tiny saints every year right before the beginning of the school year and we talk about who that saint is and why that's the one that mom and dad picked for them. Um, so really it's just, it's finding ways to, to really meet them where they're at. I mean, we talk about that all the time with young adults and high school kids and junior high kids. It's like the effective way to do ministry is to meet them where they're at. Same thing with raising your kids is finding ways to, to meet them where they're at. If it's, you know, doing a rosary in the car, if it's listening to, you know, the Bishop Barron podcast for this upcoming Sunday reading when you're driving to Mass on Sunday, or, you know, shout out to Sunday Scripture with Andrew, 
uh, last few weeks. And Erica, yeah, like listening to that. It's, it's different things where, you know, how what resources can you give them when you get them? Noah and I uh, used to trade, like, Catholic facts for dinosaur facts. He was obsessed with dinosaurs when he was a kid. And so... I, I, but he was a kid. Now he's an old man. Yeah, now, that, now, that, now that he is an old man. Yeah, so it used to be on our car ride to Little Saints, him and I, he would name like a dinosaur fact, and then I would name a saint fact. And we would just go back and forth every day that he came to school. This was our car ride. The way there and the way back is just like, you know, and he's a very large sponge. And so everything that he took in, and then it was like, you know, he's reading, like, books of the saints that were written by, like, Thomas Aquinas. And it's like, what are you doing, dude? You're not that old of a man. So, yeah, I mean, it's really just, like, you make it, you, you, you model it for them, and you make it relevant. And then they start modeling it for you, and you're like, oh, boy. I got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> yeah. So. They're growing. Yeah. yeah. No, that's... That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to consider just for everybody. Like, how can you, yeah, everybody, everybody's called to preach the gospel. And as your least favorite quote. Don't do it. I know, I'm not going to say it. But, um, but everybody is called to, I'm not going to say it. Um, no, but honestly, everybody is called to, to live the gospel and to teach the gospel through their words and their actions. And their words. Um, so, but I think that. Good yeah, save, good yeah. save. But, but the modeling of that. I mean, even just for the people you encounter in your life. Obviously, you, your kids spend so much time with y'all, but even just, you know, the one guy you happen to cross walking through the mall or whatever it is, yeah, yeah. Malls anymore. Mm -hmm. but the, um, like, that's, there's still a place there for, like, yeah, modeling that. Sorry. Yes. One of the messages that just came through said, it's time, <laughs> it's time. Yes, it is definitely it that is. time. Lightning it's a little bit past that time, actually, so <laughs> An yeah. even faster lightning round. Oh, but super, super sweet. Here we go. I didn't know there was lightning round. Lightning round. Yes, questions. So, hey, Danielle, there's going to be... <laughs> Heads up. Okay, <laughs> right, so what order are we going in? Are you asking the question? I'll ask the question. Okay. Yeah. All right, then we'll just go Andrew. Okay. Then myself, Danielle, Krista, back to you. We're going to circle? Yeah. You got this? Okay. Yeah. We've heard some of these games. questions before. They're just a little okay. bit more... You just have to pick one as fast as you can. <laughs> okay. No pressure. No pressure. Okay. We need music during this. We're bad do, at do, this. Do, 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 do. Like to like pressure <laughs> us. Just, we're just saying that the whole time. Yeah. Can we get the only murders in the building theme song playing at all times? Uh, I, I would go okay. with that one. All right. We've got speakers. Okay. I'm ready. Ready. And go. Okay. Fall or spring? Fall. Spring. Fall. 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 Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Easy. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> that was my turn. Dogs, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely no hesitation. Sorry. Dogs. Okay, a little bit harder. Milk or orange juice? Mm. Orange juice. Oh. Milk. Milk. Yeah. Almond milk. <laughs> Wait a minute. Bear. I don't drink either. Orange juice. Almond. almond orange juice. <laughs> no. No, very, very no. Uh, would you rather be able to... Talk to animals or speak all foreign languages? Oh. Um, I'm gonna go with all foreign languages. All foreign languages. All foreign languages. Foreign languages. Talk with animals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to talk to more people. <laughs> I already talked to enough. Just want to talk to my dog. Yeah. 
Um, would you rather only be able to listen to music from the 30s or only be able to listen to modern country music today? Oh, music from the 30s. I mean, that's yeah. so much pass. Um, <laughs> we get like one pass. I'll, I'll go with 30s. Yeah. Yeah, I think by default. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll go 30s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Would you rather be Batman or Spider-Man? Batman. Batman. <laughs> There's only one correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go Batman. Well, somebody's already Batman, so I'll be Batman. Yeah, I'll, I'll, be I'll take it. Just to balance it out. Yeah. Smart. Um, <laughs> we're both wrong. <laughs> it's an opinion, but it's wrong. <laughs> Would you rather never be able to dream again or never be able to sneeze again? Never be able to sneeze again. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go never. I'll go never dream again. <laughs> like dreaming can at least be interesting. <laughs> I think it was like, well, what like, would that? Yeah, I, we'll, got some, got some baggage with that one. So yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll say let go of the dreams. I guess. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I know that. Never sneeze again. I, I think I would rather not dream. I don't know. <laughs> I like it's a tough one. It's one that. Um, <laughs> we, we've done this before. It's a little different, though. Would you rather have a head the size of a golf ball or... That's so much <laughs> smaller than a baseball. Or a loaf of sourdough bread. So, like, sourdough bread is, like, much bigger. That's such a specific thing. Because <laughs> you think okay, some loaves of bread. <laughs> or... A sourdough loaf is typically like pretty hefty. <laughs> so, <laughs> go. So I'm just like, what about French bread? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, that's bread, a different shape. Bread, like, <laughs> sourdough is like good. Really, like, like, there's a lot of places we can get like good sourdough bread. It's just very round. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It could be. But what if it's like this way? Yeah, it's like <laughs> the, the loaf that? this way. Yeah. Or okay. this way. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> like designs carved into it. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. um... I'm gonna go with sourdough bread, especially because the last comment. Sourdough bread. <laughs> you would, I don't even understand the question. A golf ball is so small. <laughs> you want a sourdough head or a golf ball head? You gotta pick one. I don't understand the choices. I don't understand why. <laughs> There's no reason why. You just gotta pick one. When you wake up just tomorrow, well, everything one will happen. Sourdough. Have banana peels for hair, or have to eat a banana with every meal for the rest of your life? Oh, uh, eat a banana with every meal. <laughs> banana peel hair. <laughs> eat a banana. Yeah, eat a banana. Yeah, probably eat one. Slimy. So many bananas a day. Gross. <laughs> I mean, it's only like three if you eat three meals a day. What about like snacking all day? Because that's my problem. But I mean, if you do banana hair, you have banana hair all the time. I have sourdough head. Well, okay. so <laughs> in that I case, mean, banana bread. Yeah, it's my <laughs> sour banana bread out of peels. This is awful. Well, we're done. So. Okay. Well, now that that's out of the way, thank you all so much for joining us. <laughs> Appreciate it. Please uh, join us again next week for episode seventy-five. Seventy-five. Yeah, I know. feels so really close to. Three quarters of a century. Yeah. What's like the anniversary thing for seventy-five years? Just like the the what is it? The I, like I diamond? Know. Diamond. I don't know. We'll have to silver. Look it up. We didn't gold, do this for any of the rest of them, but platinum. 
Platinum. I'm going yeah, platinum. Sure. We'll, 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 Join okay. us for our platinum episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where we'll all be dressed in platinum. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I what can't afford that. that. Um, <laughs> thank you all for joining us. We'll be wearing tinfoil. Okay. There we go. Tinfoil. That's, that's the tinfoil anniversary. That's the first anniversary. Is it really? <laughs> I don't think so. Paper? Yeah, paper. paper. Like, Maybe first one's paper, second one's tinfoil. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Thanks for uh, watching. Pray for us. We're praying for you. Happy.